This is IA Forward, your playbook for success as an independent insurance agent. Here to help you knock it out of the ballpark are your hosts, Shane Tatum and Tanya Lead. Welcome to IA Forward. Shane, I got a note earlier this morning about a special session that they're having in the state of Louisiana because of property insurance industry challenges. And they're calling a special session. It's very limited, but it kind of raised some questions that I had with how much should our government really be involved with insurance? I'm so excited that the government of Louisiana is going to fix the property insurance problem. Finally. I wish y'all could see the look on his face because it's absolutely fantastic. I thought you were going to stop triggering my rants. But here's the thing. As you've started ranting, our listenership is going up. So apparently the people want to know. The people want to hear your rants. Shane rants. The new draw. There we go. It's ridiculous that the government's going to fix this. That anytime the government says, hey, we're going to come out and fix this, then you know it's about to really really get screwed up. And I am a free market guy, especially when it comes to the insurance industry. Rate for risk is extremely vital when it comes to profitability and being able to sustain ourselves as an industry. We see places like flood insurance. We see where government involvement causes problems, creates problems, creates new problems. It doesn't really solve the issue. This is political theater. We're going to call a special session to address this so that we can say we called a special session to address this. And if anything, the state of Louisiana is going to be worse off long term, much like what has happened in Florida. They can't help themselves but to take an opportunity to be theatric or dramatic about this whole process. So is there any good that comes out of the government being involved with our industry? Regulation. Regulation is necessary. I can't believe I just said that. But we need bad guys to not be in business. I actually talked to a compliance attorney one time for a state DOI, and we were talking about some different things and kind of going through our business model and just making sure we were where we were supposed to be. And it was one of the most brilliant things from this young compliance attorney. It says, look, our goal is not to cause good agencies pain or good companies pain. We don't want to cause pain to people who are trying to do what they're supposed to do and do it the right way. What we want to do is we want to get the bad guys off the street. We want to get the bad guys out of business. And I think, yes, regulation so that things are running as they should run. There's a fantastic opportunity for government to do what they're supposed to do from a regulator standpoint. What happens is when you get too far, we tend to think we can create new rules. We tend to think we can make the market go the direction that we want it to go, like controlling the market. That is not free market. That's exactly the opposite of that. That's where government takes that step too far. And that's where they need to take a step back. So let's talk flood insurance. Living down here on the Gulf Coast, and of course, y'all over there in Texas as well, we see, especially after these major storms, that you will see these beautiful, gorgeous coastal homes that will go up for sale at crazy, crazy rates because people can't afford their insurance any longer. And so 
you'll turn around and it'll be okay. This could be a $6 million home. It's now selling for $1.2 million. If you can come in with cash and buy it, that's great. But if you finance it, then you're going to be paying $40,000 plus a month for insurance. And there are people that say the government should step in and help people not have to sell their homes. What do you think? That's not normal. Six million dollar homes, that's not normal. 1.2 million dollar homes, not normal. This is not the everyday American's problem. I think I saw something where average home price in America is now 338 or 340 thousand dollars or something like that. That in and of itself says when that problem exists, which is not far off the problem, you're not exaggerating. That's a real scenario. That is not a problem that the government needs to step in and solve. If you can afford a $1.6 million home or a $6 million home, then you ought to be able to afford the insurance that the rate for risk requires. It's just the way it is. If you can't, then you shouldn't be buying that home. Let's take the flip side of that. South Louisiana, down in the Atchafalaya Basin area, which is the swamp. It's the swamp. I love my Louisiana friends, but let's just yes. call it what it is. It's, it's the, the swamp. swamp. And a few years ago, you know, they had to open the Morganza Spillway. Flooded hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of homes. Some of these homes were extremely small. They were on land that has been owned by their families for generations. I would probably say the homes were maybe worth $20,000-ish. And these are homes that have been flooded and destroyed over and over and over again. And again, this is one of those places where does the government step in and say, okay, we're going to help you rebuild this home for the sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth time, because this is where your family has lived since the 1700s. Or what is the government's responsibility when it comes to insurance in these much less less affluent areas. None. I'm killing my political career before I ever have a chance to think about becoming a politician. I think you already did that. But the answer is none. (laughs) Monroe, Louisiana and Shreveport, Louisiana, citizens do not need to pay for South Louisiana's risk. It's the reality. That's what insurance is, is shared risk. We've already rebuilt this. This is going to happen again. I'm not a flood insurance guru, but there are situations where the government's like, no, we're not going to do it. You know, and it had to go out to the private market. The government actually has its limit as well. And there is a private market that is growing and they're getting rate for risk. And there are situations where this happens. I do not think it's government's role to fix this problem. I understand the economic scenario, but why is it the taxpayer's burden to solve this problem for the 12th generation? I don't know where this comes from, and I don't know why we think this is the thing that we should do. When you get into things like this, I know we're talking about the state legislature is convening, but most of this stuff goes into the federal backstop that we talk about. And now you're talking about not just Shreveport and Monroe, you're talking about Indianapolis paying for this. You're talking about Columbus, Ohio. We're talking about all these inland states and all this non-cat states paying for the catastrophes on the coast. And at some point, this thing has to give. It can't just continue to happen. We have to let the free market take care of it. Living in Florida, I know that our property rates here are pretty substantial. Y'all are having a lot of fun right now. (laughs) 
And we do choose to live here. And I actually hear people talk about this. You know, why doesn't the government step in and do something? And as we see carriers leaving, it's one of those things that, you know, I actually hear people starting to call discrimination. The government can do something. They can roll themselves back out of the problem. Because if they allow carriers to charge the right rate for the risk that they're trying to ensure, you would have competition. And competition would come in. And people would come in. And carriers would come in. Because there's a lot of capital. There's people willing to back these companies. There's people willing to take this risk if they can get the right rate because they think, oh, we may actually make some money here. But the government won't let that happen because the citizens are saying, you have to protect me. You have to fix this. Some portion of them, some portion of the legislature is saying you got to fix this because these citizens need help. When in fact, what would happen is the free market would actually fix this problem through competition, which is exactly where Louisiana needs to go. And it's where any state needs to go is to encourage companies to come in, not discourage companies to go away. And this is cyclical, right? As agency owners, and I've seen this in the five years that I've been in this business. When I first got in, it was difficult to get markets in the Houston area. And then it became much more difficult to get markets in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. And, you know, I'm starting to see how this cycles, right? And so how do we as agency owners take that knowledge and be able to plan for the future of our agencies. We need to make sure that we have good partnerships with our carriers. A lot of the issues with the Dallas-Fort Worth area or the greater Houston area aren't that different than some other catastrophe-prone areas across the country. They're large markets, so they're attractive to carriers. Carriers have a really hard time saying no to Houston as either the third or fourth largest insurance metro area in the country. So if you want to do business in Texas, you've got to figure that out. What we arm ourselves with as agency owners are those relationships. A lot of times, agents that are located in those areas that have strong carrier partnerships do tend to stay open. The rates may be crazy, but the market's going crazy. If you have access to key carriers in the Dallas-Fort Worth market, you may be dealing with some turmoil or remarket or rate shock, but what you are, what you are able to do also is you are able to write business, you are able to stay open, you are able to help your customers because everybody else in the DFW market's having the same problem. What happens is when we forget that our carriers need to be profitable, that they need to make a profit, we need to do our part from a distribution standpoint to help them be profitable, then we don't fly off the hand at underwriters. We don't take it out on the frontline people. We are compassionate. We are understanding. We get the marketplace. We need to be informed so that we can be good partners to our carriers. Now, without us, obviously, most of the independent agency system doesn't have distribution, so we are important. But we got to have something to distribute. We've got to have our carrier partners. We got to have the product, and we need them to be successful. So when they are going through this turmoil themselves, We need to find ways to support that instead of constantly chasing to the lowest bottom dollar rate of the day. For our newer agency owners, how do you create and establish those deep-rooted relationships? 
find yourself a really great group and dive in. Obviously a biased statement there. In case you want to come play with us, go to IntegraAgent.com. Um, but no, I mean, you know, objectively, I am a big believer that groups help here. It is also, though, having this understanding, you've got to start somewhere. How are you treating and how are your people treating the day-to-day interactions? Because when market cycles happen, you need to have this track record that you understand the marketplace, that you understand the business that you're running. Being professional is a huge part of that, and it makes its way through the carrier organization, even if you are part of a group, this is important. You have a reputation and you very quickly can ruin that reputation or build a positive on that reputation based on how you go about your day-to-day interactions with carrier people, whether that's claims, whether that's underwriters, salespeople, you have to respect that role. I saw an article the other day on our agent connection page that we have with all of our Integra partner agents, and they were discussing the huge car insurance rate increases for Hyundais and Kias because they were extremely high risk of theft. It was kind of shocking to me because like, I'm going to steal a car. I don't think it's going to be a Kia, right? I mean... as it may. Let's just not even go there. <laughs> this is this is where the theft industry has gone. Hey, you know. <laughs> it's Hyundai's and Kia's, right? Yeah, the Ferraris and the Land Rovers are too hard. Let's just go on with the Kia's and the Hyundai's. I mean, I, I'm sure there's relevancy to why. I don't get it either. Nobody's making a Gone in 60 Seconds Nicolas Cage remake where they're going to be stealing Kia's, I think. Good movie, by the way. I guess you probably haven't seen that movie. No, I I've seen this. I can't imagine. Now, come on. You know I've seen that. Okay. All right. All right. Well, I just never know. You know, I just never actually know when I throw movie stuff out there if you've seen it or not. That's an interesting take around the fact that to understand a thief, you got to understand that's their business. Maybe the trend is to take these unassuming brands and they're just easier to steal. I don't know. But they're obviously going to cause an insurance issue, rates going up and so forth, because these are supposed to be the safer, easier vehicles to insure. They're cars that people that make less money that are middle income can easily afford these vehicles. So should the government step in and say, hey, we should do something to help bring these rates down, even though it's a high risk? I mean, when we get into talking about government involvement, and I'm being ridiculous with this, but I mean, are we saying that the government should step in and help Kia owners because Kia owners are having their rates in Maybe just an overarching answer here is anytime you ask me, should the government step in, the answer is automatically going to be no. The answer to everything is not the government should do something. So what is the answer to everything? Free market society. Competition drives down price. I guess that makes me a capitalist. Just kind of thinking about things with some common sense and reality, understanding what you're doing. That happens a lot with government is they don't really understand what they're trying to fix and they don't actually get the expertise behind them to understand what they're trying to fix. And that's why it generally gets messed up. I remember a few weeks ago with the Southwest Airlines debacle and I'm not saying this to get political, but I remember our president saying that he was personally going to step in and try to help fix the situation with
with Southwest. And my first thought was, well, why don't we bring in somebody that actually knows something about the airline industry versus someone that's a professional politician? And speaking of the Southwest debacle and being nice, I want, I want to go back to talking about you know, being nice and building those relationships. I have numerous friends that work for Southwest and several pilots, several flight attendants, several people in frontline areas. And seeing the compassion that most of them had for their passengers and for their organization as a whole. And then I have one friend who is new to the organization. She'd only been with Southwest for about four or five months before this happened. And she went on these rants on social media about what it was doing to her schedule and how it was affecting her Christmas and how it basically it seemed like it was destroying her life. And there was this complete and total lack of compassion for the organization that she was working with, for the passengers that were affected by it. But I just remembered as I was reading this and listening to her reels on Insta that this is the organization that pays your bills. And thousands and thousands and thousands of people are being affected by this. But what kind of relationship are you building with the people that you work with by losing your mind on social media? You're not building any relationship. You're damaging it sometimes irreparably. We have a compassion and niceness problem in our country. We never think about making it personal. What if it was me? Which we should. That's one of our core values. I firmly believe that. We could see a ton of change here just from a society standpoint. And agency owners are dealing with this right now. They're hearing it from their customers, their clients. And then what happens is, is they turn around and they give the same thing to the underwriter or they give the same thing to the claims adjuster. I understand that there's a place when somebody makes a mistake for correction, but I also understand that there's a right way to correct and there's a right way to call somebody out. That's where things go off the rails. The reality of this Southwest thing is that perfect storm happened because of some non-action mistakes made by previous leadership. To make that gate attendant cry... To make that baggage claim attendant totally miserable and yell at them, it could easily be you. For us to be as arrogant to think that it couldn't be us, that's the thing that frustrates me the most when I think about these situations. And I hope that I learn from watching that situation that I take our people to another level in terms of their own responsiveness, not reacting out of frustration, but responding in a way with compassion and respect and understanding that it could very easily be you. I think that's the missing piece here. That relationship is important, that building that relationship and having that reputation of professionalism. I don't know why it would be different personally as it is professionally. We can't have our core values as an organization and say those core values are just business only. That doesn't resonate with me. It doesn't make sense. I mean, one of our core values is honesty wins. Does that mean I'm not supposed to be honest personally? No, that's not what that means. The core values came from the people 
people. The businesses are just made up of people, as Simon Sinek would say. Businesses are nothing without people. Compassion and relationship building and making it personal is extremely important when it comes to how we do things. That's the piece that we need to take away from this. Years ago, I was speaking at a conference in Delaware and the conference had arranged for a car to take me to the airport and it was an extremely, extremely early flight. And I think I left the hotel at like 3.30 in the morning-ish. It wasn't anywhere near to being light outside. And I got in the car and went to sleep. And they were supposed to be taking me to the Baltimore-Washington airport to fly back home. And I woke up and we were at the Philadelphia airport. And (laughs) I had flown out of the two airports enough to know where I was. And I asked the driver and I said, okay, like what instructions did you have for me trying to figure this out? Um, I said, because I'm, I'm actually at the wrong airport. We drove two hours the wrong way. And you could just see this poor guy tensing up, waiting for the explosion to come. And he looked at his instructions and he's like, oh, wow, I I took you to the wrong airport. And I'm like, well, okay, let's just wait a minute. Let's see if we can figure this out. And I called the airline and said, hey, this is what's happened. The driver got me to the wrong airport. Can we switch my flight to get me to fly out of here? And that wasn't possible. And so I asked the guy, I said, hey, we're going to rebook my flight out of Baltimore. So can we take me from here to to Baltimore? And he goes, let me talk to my boss. And we all worked it out. But I just remember him being so thankful that I didn't come on unglued on him for taking me to the wrong airport. Was it inconvenient for me? Yes. Was it inconvenient for him? Yes, because they had to rearrange his schedule. But mistakes happen and challenges happen. And I think that when we're dealing with customers, when we're dealing with our carriers and when we're dealing with our employees, that that's a really great takeaway from today is staying calm, being that person that's the calm within the crisis. And within this hard market, you know, people are being fussy and allowing your people to turn those calls over to you and being that calm in a storm, I think is so important. And I don't know how we got there from government intervention, but we did. I can tie this together, maybe. The good thing is, is if you flip that around and think about how are you as a consumer and then flip it back and go, well, how are we responding as an agency, as a company? Are we responding with compassion? Are we responding with a diffused tone? Because look, it matters. In a free market competitive world, assuming government lets it be and and lets us work this out, that's going to matter. You're going to retain clients because of your response. You're going to gain new clients because of your reputation. You're going to have carriers to offer to your clients because you had the right response to an underwriter, not the wrong response to the underwriter. And so we have to remember our engagements as consumers and flip that around as business owners and go, okay, how are we responding? Because that's the flip side of that. The flip side of the conversation, and and let's not leave this part out of your misdirection car service to the wrong airport, is if the response would have been, 
ah, sorry, best I can do, and leaves you in Baltimore, well, you don't feel good. And you might become a keyboard warrior and write a really bad review, and you might throw a tantrum, and you might yell at somebody. So there's a flip side of this that the company made it right. The people, let's be clear, the people, the decision makers of the company made it right. That's important. I think I read where eight or nine hundred million worth of charges, refunds, Southwest was having to eat and take care of based on their, that is leadership making a decision now. I haven't heard a lot of bad things in the last week or two. I've heard a lot of good things. I think their schedule restart was a success. That's people making it right. The people of the company making it right. How we respond from our company viewpoint is no different than how we should respond from our consumer side of things. How we respond to other people as consumers really shouldn't be any different to how we respond to people from our business seat. I'm going to leave us today with this quote from Homer Rice. You can motivate by fear and you can motivate by reward, but both those methods are only temporary. The only thing lasting is self-motivation. Attitude's a choice. Make a great one. Bye, y'all. Ready to get the ball rolling with your independent agency? Learn more at IntegraAgent.com. That's IntegraAgent.com. Thank you for joining us on IA Forward. Make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now or learn more at IAForward.com.